Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and on this episode, we caught up with Agla. Agla is originally from Lithuania and moved to Washington, D.C. to get a degree in International Affairs and Economics from George Washington University. After graduating, she started working as a senior associate at a global accounting firm. She told us all about what it's like to immigrate to the United States for school, the value of traveling the world as a student, and how to balance your time. She also shared some amazing career tips and tricks for students who are graduating and heading out there into the job market, as well as so much more. Tune in to episode 20 of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers podcast to hear all of Agla's amazing insights. I'm your host, Leslie, and today I'm here with Agla. How are you today? Hi, Leslie. I'm good. How about yourself? Great. Uh, usually we get to get started, we do a few um, kind of initial get to know you questions. Um, so where are you currently living? So I'm currently just outside Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia, about five minutes away from the city. It's a suburban residential area, but I'm very close to the city. So that, that's the awesome part. Yeah, that seems like it's kind of like a best of both worlds scenario. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Um, and where were you born? So I was born in Vilnius, the capital city of Lithuania, a small Eastern European country, and I moved to the U.S. in 2012. Perfect. And what university did you go to? I went to the George Washington University in downtown D.C., and I studied international affairs and economics for my bachelor's degree. Awesome. Uh, And what made you decide to choose that for your major? Was it something that you kind of always wanted to get into, or... Um, did it kind of come up later on? Yes, I feel like in high school, I was always interested in diplomatic relationships, history, geography, all those social science subjects. And I wanted to work either in diplomatic relationships for the embassy, for the Ministry of Lithuania, or I wanted to work for an NGO or or go into consulting. So I'm currently in one of those areas. Um, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah, that it always it's always good when things work out like that the way you want them to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you came here to the United States for school, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so what was it like to come here and kind of transition to that? Um, I'm assuming there was a pretty big difference coming from a small European country to the United States. Yeah, it felt very different and it was actually much harder than I expected it to be. I was very homesick because I've never been away from home for more than a month. Uh, All my family, all my friends, they were back home. So I was extremely homesick and I felt like I was crying almost every week. (laughs) And besides that, um, I also felt it was a little bit hard to go to school in English because I studied through my high school in my native language, Lithuanian. So that was also a little bit hard, especially with some classes when professors were talking quickly or reading the books and there were some words that I didn't understand. So that was the language barrier as well. And, um, From a cultural perspective, I thought that people here were also pretty different. They're much more open and much more talkative. 
whenever people would come up to me in on the streets or in the bus and they would just start talking to me I found it very uncomfortable <laughs> because back home we're kind of raised in the way that you shouldn't talk to strangers and it's weird if people just come up to you and start talking so I feel like there was also this part that I was a little confused at the beginning um but now you know it's been eight years so I'm very well used to the culture here yeah is it kind of weird if you go home and you have to kind of stop yourself from talking to strangers <laughs> yeah I feel like whenever I go back home people say that I'm like too talkative <laughs> too co I come up to people too much so now it's I guess you know the other way around you kind of have to flip a switch back and forth I guess <laughs> Yeah, I do. And I and even when it comes to language, because I feel like now I work in English and obviously all my friends here speak English. So I only speak my language to my parents nowadays. Um, and it's again, the same thing when I go back home, sometimes I feel like I start translating from English <laughs> to Lithuanian, even though Lithuanian is my native language. So right. Yeah. Did you kind of have to start learning English um, while you were also like jumping right into school or did you know a little bit, bit of English as kind of like a base before you came here? Yeah so back home uh, people typically start learning English in the second grade so I was learning since I was a kid and I feel like if you go to a good school and you put in work for learning the language you can get more or less fluent with it. Um, I still had to take the SAT and all these exams so I was able mm -hmm. to get a decent score um, but yeah, it was still definitely much harder to be in, in the U.S. in reality. Right, where you have to use it all the time. Exactly, and you have to write papers and communicate your presentations in classes. So yeah, that was hard, especially in the first year. Uh, were there any kind of um, like techniques or little things you kind of learned along the way um, to kind of help you as you adjusted to this really big cultural difference and language difference when you got here? Yeah, so I feel like one of the things that helped me a lot is just finding help in my circle. And whether it's the help from my classmates or professors or tutors, or whether it's just my other friends from abroad, it's just kind of ha always having that support network for academical and emotional perspective. Um, and also, I would say just staying focused. And once you have your schedule, trying to not deviate from that whether it means you know skipping a meeting with friends or putting phone away and not checking social media while you're in the library it's kind of staying on track and being focused so that's kind of like the advice you would give if someone um for some students who might be listening to this right now and who are thinking of either moving to another country to study or even just doing a semester abroad is that kind of something um that you would say that you would say for advice to them yes i would say that in general if you can go abroad just do it it's the best experience at least for me and whether it's for traveling recreationally or for studying i think it's always worth it just because you don't only learn in classes you also learn a lot from meeting people, knowing their culture, their different attitude, food, and all of that. So personally, yeah, I feel like to me coming to the U.S. was definitely huge in developing myself 
and I've done a few other volunteering programs abroad. And both of those were also great experiences. I feel like it kind of helped me to be who I am today, basically. What kind of um, volunteer work did you do abroad? So I did two volunteering programs with ISEC, which is a student organization. And they have six-week programs, mainly for teaching and entrepreneurial development. So my first program was in Turkey, Istanbul. I was there for six weeks working at a high school summer camp. So we were helping students, not directly teaching English, but more just helping them to learn how to present in English, um, make, make songs, or just make a play, just getting them comfortable with speaking English, basically. Um, and then in my second internship, I spent six weeks in Mauritius, the tiny paradise island near Africa. Um, and we were working there with the women entrepreneur startups. So they had different type of products, whether it was clothing or jewelry or some other type of handicrafts, but they needed help to kind of start off and get into the market. So we were helping them primarily with marketing, building websites, um, finding distributors for their products, and all of that. But both of these experiences, they were not only fun for the work we did, but for the people we met, because some of my closest friends even nowadays are from these two programs. So yeah, I mean, to sum up, if you can go abroad, you should just go abroad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fascinating. Yeah. And going to all these different uh, places, like those are obviously some very different locations. So I'm assuming there's a lot of new things to learn there and a lot of different experiences to have there. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was trying to pick these different locations that mm -hmm. are, you know, further away from home and further from the U.S. So in Turkey, I could experience a little bit of Middle Eastern culture along with some Europeans, since Istanbul is divided between the two continents. Mm -hmm. And then Mauritius, it was like a little bit of Indian culture mixed with some African and French. So all of that cultural mix, and it's so diverse. Um, yeah, if you can do it, it's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and, and I was really happy with the way that ISEC organization ran these programs. So I highly recommend to check it out. Amazing. Um, yeah, that does, definitely sounds like an amazing experience. Um, you mentioned to me before that uh, one of your biggest passions was tennis and that when you came to the U.S., uh, you played NCAA Division One tennis and you played that when you were in university. Yeah, so I played tennis for my school throughout four years. Um, and this is actually one of the ways that I came to the US and why I wanted to come to the US because it has very well developed sports programs and scholarships for athletes as well. So in my case, I mean, I come from a small Eastern European country, salaries aren't the highest back there. So right. unless I had a scholarship for tennis, I would not have been able to be in the US. And I was playing tennis since I was nine years old, so it was my big passion. I wanted to be a professional pro player, which didn't work, but <laughs> still being a college athlete in the U.S. was my second goal, and that worked out for four years. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a pretty big, that's still a pretty big accomplishment. Is that, a, is tennis a pretty big sport back home? It's not. We have one player that has made into top 100 in the world. So he's the only one that is kind of driving the fashion, the passion for sport. But overall, back home, it's mostly basketball. Right. Um, we have a pretty good team. Um, yeah, so it's basketball, but some people play tennis. I got into tennis because my mom was playing when she was young. So she just brought me into the tennis practice as a nine-year-old girl. And from there, I loved it. That's all I wanted to do. So yeah, that's what I did, basically. I still play sometimes now. Yeah, that really, yeah, that worked out for you anyway, because that got you also, helped you achieve those goals. But NCAA sports are obviously very competitive and time-consuming and demanding, and there's a lot of training involved, I would assume. Yeah, so for tennis, we would practice up to 20 hours a week with having one day off. So dividing that, it happens to be about three, three and a half hours per day. Wow. Which is pretty hard, (laughs) as you can probably imagine. Um, So our practice used to be in the mornings from 8 a.m. to 11.30. So we also had a very early start to have breakfast with the team and then get going, have a warm-up. So... Yeah, we we would practice like that, and then we would usually travel for the matches over the weekend. So travel time in the van was not included within the 20 hours. So as you can imagine, it was nearly the commitment of a full-time job. Right. So yeah, it was definitely not an easy thing to do. (laughs) No. How did you kind of keep up? Because also taking a program like like your program that you took – requires I'm assuming that also requires a lot of work and studying because it's very obviously it's economics and things that um a lot of kind of time consuming things so how did you kind of balance all of those things like it seems like a lot that you had to balance yeah it was really a lot and I felt overwhelmed especially at the beginning when I just started as a freshman I think that one of the things I learned is just maximizing the time to study whenever you can whether it's reading a chapter on the bus or in the car or if you have I don't know 30 minute lunch break you can still read something or send a couple emails so it was a lot of just taking little bits here and there and then like I mentioned before I would say just staying focused and having a schedule So I know for some people, they may not like going to the library. I personally did because I felt it was easier for me to just be in the cubicle, focus on what I have to do. But I think it's definitely better for for everyone to find their own way to focus, whether it's at home, in a cafe or so. And just when I say staying focused, I feel like just focusing one thing at a time instead of trying to jump around different and chat with people because that kind of distracts you mm-hmm. so yeah I was very organized <laughs> yeah it sounds like it um is it kind of like was that kind of like your time management secret almost like if someone were to ask you for advice would that be like the biggest thing you would say would be just stay organized and you know stay focused 
Yeah, that's what I would say, just setting up your schedule with the time management. If you pick certain time to do this class homework, certain time to prepare for this exam, just make sure that you stick to it and be determined and not go left and right. I think it's very important. And it's also important to have goals that are kind of measurable and achievable. So instead of just thinking to yourself, let me try to get an A in this class, I think it should be more focused on the steps, how you can get there. So it's more, whether it's a weekly plan or day-by-day -day plan, it's just having those little goals in mind that would eventually get you to the bigger goal in the end. Yeah, that kind of, kind of goes along with the whole idea of the smart goal setting so it's like yeah, we were taught a lot about those yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like set the reasonable goals and give yourself like a specific goal and something that's reasonable and within a certain um kind of time limit so that you yeah know exactly how to get to that goal and then it's something you can do exactly yeah the smart goals was what they were teaching us for the student leadership academy a lot and that applies you know, both for sports or school or in the career going forward. Yeah, I took, I learned about SMART goals when I was taking marketing, but I think that it applies to literally every industry yeah, possible. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. And I know another thing that you, um, it's one of your other big passions is traveling. And um, I know we've already even talked about some of the different places that you've traveled to um, for internships and things like that. Um, but, and we also just talked about how busy you were <laughs> as a student. Um, so is traveling kind of something that you were able to fit in when you were a student or was it kind of just like later on or? Yeah. So I think traveling as a student during the school year was only for tennis tournaments because we had games usually locally every weekend or at least every other weekend. So we would just drive with the team in the minivan, which wasn't really like fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we also had a few bigger trips also with the team for spring break. Uh, we did have games, but we also had time to relax. So we've been to Florida, we've been to San Francisco, New York. So they, those places were more fun because we got mm -hmm. to do some exploring around in addition to playing tennis. But yeah, besides those tennis trips and then the volunteering abroad that was during the summer, since I couldn't take time off through the school year, those were mainly the only trips that I did. And it started, and that's how I started getting into traveling. So Turkey and Mauritius volunteering programs were my first these bigger exploring trips abroad and I just got hooked and from then on I travel every year new countries new places um, and there's just so much to explore so that's definitely one of my goals yeah definitely do you get home a lot to see your family back home as well in between all of that so I usually go home for Christmas mm -hmm. um, because luckily my current company gives the about a 10-day Christmas shutdown for for all employees. So we don't even have to take our own vacation for that. So I go home for those 10 days. I usually extend it to make it two, three weeks and work remotely since we are pretty flexible with remote work as well. 
So winter time is the one time that I go every year, no exceptions. But then I sometimes also have my mom come here in the summertime. And I've taken her on a few of those trips as well. So she caught a travel bug from me. Um, <laughs> and now she's looking forward to traveling again. And that must be really nice for her too, getting to kind of go. And then now you have um, an inside scoop to take her to places and like kind of show her. Because it's probably a new culture for her too, right? Because you moved here by yourself. So... Yeah, that's correct. I did. And I think for my mom and my dad as well, they mainly traveled around Europe. So our country was previously a part of the Soviet Union as well. So they've done a lot of trips around the current Russia. They haven't been as much outside of Europe. So for my mom going to countries with me like Peru, Colombia, Puerto Rico, it was a completely new world, um, which is a new world to me too, obviously. and yeah, I, I always say that traveling is one of the best things you can do. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I always forget too, because we're like, I'm in Canada and I always forget that how easy it is when you live in Europe to just like travel to different countries all within yeah. Europe, because like, I'm so used to being in Canada and it's so, it takes a day just to drive to the other end of the province. <laughs> so I always forget yeah, how easy cool. that is. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, I feel like in big countries like Canada or the U.S., there's also so much to see Mm -hmm. within the country with all the nature and national parks and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to make it to Canada to the uh, Banff National Park. Yep, Banff, yeah. Banff, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my bucket list places. Yeah, Banff is is beautiful, especially if you go there right at, at like, those changing seasons. Like, if you go there towards Mm -hmm. the end of the summer and beginning of fall they're super it's it's beautiful out there so yeah you're right can't like it it's bigger it takes it's harder to kind of get to one place or another but there is a lot of really awesome things to see too so that is an advantage but same with europe i mean every country in europe is completely different yeah i think that's the good and easy part about being in europe but i feel like surprisingly i haven't traveled as much in europe just because well, I have traveled around Europe, but that was also for tennis tournaments when I was playing juniors. And I feel like whenever you travel for a sports competition, you're mostly involved in that with all the trainings, warm-ups, relaxing, stretching. So I haven't had a whole lot of chances to explore the places. But yeah, I've been to quite a few countries around Europe for tennis as well. Yeah, that's true. Because because if you're traveling for a specific, like for especially for sports, because you're so you have to the like, sports come with so much like preparation and warm ups and stretching and all the extra stuff. There's not really a lot of time in there to kind of just yeah all day. So exactly, we would sometimes have like half a day or two three hours to go walk around the town or go see the mountains and Switzerland, but that was about it. So um, it still gave a little glimpse of each country and culture, but mm-hmm. it was mostly playing sports. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's probably used some more time. Um, obviously, there's a lot of really awesome things that you've done being in school and traveling and all that. What would you say is your favorite memory from your time in school? Um, so I would say that from the time, fr- from those four entire years in school, 
my best memories would be those summers spent abroad, which isn't directly the time from college, um, but still the four years count, right? Right. Um, and I would say my other favorite memory um, is all the different events that we had a chance to go to, whether it's like, let's say, athletics, um, gala awards, whether it is different student organization events. Like, I wouldn't say that there is one particular one that stands out the most, but just the entire experience of being with people, meeting, going to places. And like I said, different people obviously have different hobbies, but whether it's music or dancing or any kind of other stuff, I think that was to me the highlight. And there's a long list of events that would be top memories. Yeah, that's one of the best things about, because we ask most of, almost every one of our interviews, we ask that question because it's really interesting to see because obviously everybody is so different. Everyone always has these completely different stories. Like some people, it's meeting friends and some people, it's, you know, a conference they went to or something like that. So it's so interesting to see how everyone kind of takes that university experience and kind of um, their personality really shapes what they remember from it. Yeah, I agree. And that's one thing I feel like if I would go back to school, I feel like for some classes, I wouldn't study as hard as I did. Um, (laughs) Because once you graduate and you get into the job market, you realize that there are so many things you're learning in school that aren't necessarily directly helpful for your career. So I feel like it's of course important to get good grades to be successful later on, but sometimes I feel like whether you get A plus or A minus, that probably doesn't necessarily make a huge difference, but it's also important to develop yourself as a person, which comes from all the people, experiences, student organizations, travel. And that is actually very handy, I feel like when it comes later on to the job searches, because personality matters a lot. Sometimes you can get further away just by being well-rounded instead of being just nerdy and having no other interest in life. Yeah, definitely. Those, those experiences really give you those, um, those other life skills that you get from the experience of going to university and they really give you, they help you kind of round out. So when you do apply for jobs, you really, really stand out because you have those unique experiences and it's not just okay well here's my really good marks yeah exactly I feel like it helps you stand out with whatever else you have done different hobbies so it's definitely important to focus on that yeah definitely Um, and I know we also talked about some of the challenges that you faced when you came here um, with the language barrier with the culture barrier balancing high demand sport with your studying um were there any other kind of challenges or obstacles that you had to overcome when you were in school um i would say that one of the other obstacles that was kind of chasing me since junior year was the job hunting because if you, I think it's obviously an important part for everyone, but it's especially hard for international students just because there are certain visa limitations and companies have to pay for a visa to hire you and some of them, they don't want those extra expenses. So I feel like I was very stressed out about that because 
I knew I wanted to stay in the U.S., but I was also thinking, well, maybe I will not be able to find the right job. Maybe it's because I'm not good enough or maybe because I'm a foreigner. That is something that I had to put quite a lot of effort and just applying, applying, networking with people, going to the career fairs. And I think all of that, in the end, it helps. Yeah, I could see that being something that's really hard not to take personally if there's um, with companies, maybe companies don't really want to take that expense. They don't really want to do all that extra work to hire um, someone who needs a visa. But I could see that being really, really difficult to um, difficult for your kind of self-confidence and like not taking that personally and thinking that like, oh, I must I just must not be a good candidate or whatever. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like in those cases, if there's international students that are facing the same issues, I feel like it's definitely important to be persistent. I know that nowadays, um, the scene might be harder with the current government and everything. Um, but at least beforehand, and hopefully four years down the road or so, I feel like it would still be possible to get a good job in the US. Um, it just takes a lot of effort. Uh, I know that for one of my best friends in college, it took her about 10 months of applying every week, at least five to 10 applications to get one offer. Wow. And it's crazy when you think how many interviews and applications you sometimes have to go through. But I feel like that goes back just to being persistent with, you know, putting that for for what you want. Because if you really want something, whether it's a good grade or whether it's getting a job or starting a business, I feel like you really have to put the effort because good things they typically don't come easily right exactly yeah um you kind of got uh did it take you a while to get the job that you have now i know you told me you're a senior associate at a global accounting firm yeah so i work at pricewaterhousecoopers it's been almost four years and um I was hired full-time right after my graduation because I did an internship with them summer after my junior year. So it was nice because it ended up being like a fast track. You do a Mm -hmm. successful internship and you get a full-time offer after. So it did take me some applications to get the internship. I think I applied maybe 20 or 30 positions. Um, it's not as many as some people go through, but it's still not one of the first few shots, obviously. Um, and that's something that I think is very important. If there's any juniors or below listening to the podcast, to start looking into the market early, because especially with bigger companies, if you intern with them, whether you're a sophomore or a junior, If you do well, they will likely give you a full-time offer to come back after your graduation. So I would say, if possible, um, try not to focus on just getting any random summer job for those years, especially after the junior year, which I think is critical. Because again, you may get a temporary job, whether it's paid or unpaid, it's still good to have experience. But if you are able to aim for a bigger fish, I think it's worth it because, again, 
in my case, I landed the job offer before even entering my senior year. So that definitely takes off a lot of stress of your place. And if it's possible, I think that is probably the best way to go. Yeah, definitely. It seems like, um, I think that for a lot of industries, I think that's probably um, like those securing those internships and um, even like co-op positions. I think those are uh, super important because like you said, it can really help you get that foot in the door. And especially with the job market in North America as a whole, uh, with the job market being the way it is now and being very limited. And I mean, I know that we are still uh, experiencing um, unique circumstances with the pandemic and the (laughs) economy. But even like before that, um, I know that for at least here in Canada, our, the job market was really, it's really, really, really tough right now. Yeah. Um, especially for those recent graduates, it's really, really hard to get your foot in the door. So I feel like, um, that's a really big thing for students to remember, especially if you're in your senior year, because it really has a big advantage. Yeah, and I would also say that, again, whether you're a junior looking for an internship or a senior looking for a full-time position, it's always good to start early in the year because some people wait until spring semester and by then a lot of job openings are already closed. So I know from my company and other companies in the industry, they typically have several recruiting cycles through the year, one of which would would start, some applications would start in the fall, some would be in the winter, some could be in the spring. So even though it's, let's say only September, October, you still have nine months to go and you may not think that you need to start looking for a job, but if you want to have better chances and more positions open for you to choose from, then I would say start from the fall semester right away. Yeah, that's something I've heard too is that, for students who are, maybe if you're graduating, say in the month of June, that you what you really need to do is you need to start looking for those job opportunities like in December, like in the December, winter. December, you said? That's what I've heard. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, like in the winter months, that early for, for summer positions is... Yeah, I would say, yeah, winter, you can start, but like I said, I know people who start even earlier in the fall, and our company as well, they do some interviews in the fall that I was personally also helping, so I know that there's a good number of interviews, so they usually do in the fall, then in the spring again, but basically, and again, I can speak from my company's perspective, but I'm sure it applies for a lot of Mm -hmm. other companies. So let's say we would have maybe 10 open positions every year and they would do the first round of interviews in the fall. For these 10 positions, they may pick two people, but they might also pick eight or nine. Meaning that if you apply in the spring, you may only have one or two positions open. Right. So you, you can really get ahead by doing it early at least winter, but I would say even starting in the fall because there's definitely a good number of companies that are already recruiting for the summer starting. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all of that because I feel like that is really helpful kind of insider information that uh, could really make a difference for someone who's listening right now who maybe 
is starting their senior year and is kind of starting to think about that because I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't have, I haven't been a student in a while, but I wouldn't have known that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, yeah, in my case, I kind of learned about that after my senior year. Well, myself, I had the offer beforehand from the internship, but knowing again from my friends who started applying early and then from me being in the company, because we often help out with those recruiting events, going to the networking, meeting with students. So I've done a lot of recruiting at my previous university, the George Washington. So yeah, we definitely go there in the fall and that's not too early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that you kind of, you already are in your um, career position um, and you've kind of, you're pretty on track with that, but what are some of your current uh, short and long-term goals? Uh, do you mean from career perspective or in general? I mean, and whatever you want to share. I mean, it could be both. It could be one or the other. Yeah, so I would say um, from career perspective, I obviously want to advance and go forward. I'm currently a senior associate So whether it is moving up the position or getting a master's degree, there's always room for improvement. So those would be one of the goals. Um, I'm not certain about the master's degree yet because I feel like you can learn a lot on the job before going into grad school to pick the right program. So I'm not in a rush and I wouldn't recommend for others graduating to be in a rush. Um, And I would say that my other goals more from a, personal perspective are um, just fitness and overall healthy lifestyle because when I graduated from college I stopped playing tennis for like a year or two and I was tired of it so I didn't want to exercise at all which means that I gained weight I didn't feel good Um, so I feel like it's important to not only focus on career but also being healthy which includes exercising eating healthy food. So that's another goal that I have for myself, especially with pandemic, given that we're staying home more, but it's important to stay active, eat healthy, just for a well-balanced life, because work is not everything, even though it is a big part of our life. Um, And my other goal is also personal, but just coming from a passion for travel, um, I have started writing a travel blog So I'm building my website where I want to share all the tips for traveling, recommendations, best places, best food, um, suggested itineraries for each destination. So that is something that is taking a lot of work because there's a lot of trips. There's a lot to tell. um, But this is my hobby and my true passion, I would say, at this point. So this is another thing that is hopefully coming later this year. That's exciting. Is that something like you're already, you're working on building your website? Like it's not up yet, but you're, you're kind of working on it at like right now. Yeah. So I started during the pandemic as I find myself having more time. So I kind of already built the basics of the website. Um, but now it takes most of my time to write all the stories, put all the mm-hmm. pictures, make sure that I edit, give the right advice for travel. So I really enjoy traveling and sharing my photos, sharing my experiences, inspiring people to explore more. Um, 
because both my website and my Instagram page are now under construction. Well, I already have my Instagram as a travel blog, but I'm working on the actual website. Well, you'll have to let us know uh, when your website's up and running. You'll have to let us know, um, send us a link so we can add it. Yeah, definitely. I will do that. Do you want to share your Instagram handle now? Yeah, so my Instagram handle is at Lithuanian Worldwide. Um, No periods, no dashes, nothing. Um, And it has my travel tips, travel photos from different places, primarily Latin America, but also the other destinations. And I'm excited to do that, excited to share. And I hope that people actually find those tips helpful and can travel to different places. I'm sure they will. I mean, anytime I go somewhere, the first thing I check is people's like personal blogs, not necessarily like the TripAdvisor list or anything like that, because those are just like sponsored like corporate things but so I always look at like people's personal experiences and Instagram to get like the real kind of like the real scoop Mm -hmm. where to go yeah and that's what I want to create something that is helpful for people that is pretty to see but also good to read where you can go what you can see the best restaurants so I definitely hope that it comes helpful for many people going forward. Um, like I said, it is pretty new. My Instagram, I just established it as a travel blog back in January. So it's been a little less than half a year. And then my blog is coming up, but I feel like there's definitely a slowly growing community. And I hope there's more to come. Um, buying a camera, planning to get a drone. So that's like a whole new world for me. Yeah, that's a, it's definitely building a website or even a blog is not easy and not a lot of, no, it, it, sorry, it's not easy and it is a lot of work. Yes, lot. exactly. It's actually much more work than I expected it to be. <laughs> Starting from the technicalities of how you just build a website that has been one tricky part, which mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of figured out by now, at least the basics. But now when it comes to writing, I feel like if it comes to, let's say, writing about best places in Miami, I have them in my mind. But then once you start writing, you feel like there's so much to say. And just writing takes time. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Just like everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the questions we also always ask people because it really gives us a lot of really uh, kind of inspiring answers is if you could go back to your 15 year old self, what would you say or what would you kind of tell yourself? I would probably tell myself that similarly as I did, just continue working hard for what you want and don't give up easily because sometimes people can tell you that, oh, there's no way you're going to get this grade. There's no way you're going to land this job offer. But I feel like it's mostly just believing that you can do what you want to do. Because unless you believe in yourself, no one else really would. But then also together with believing in yourself, it's about working towards your dreams. So I'd be like, if I were to go back when I was younger, um, I wish that I didn't listen as much to all the negative thoughts of people saying that, you know, you won't be able to get into college, you won't be able to get A grades in school, which is what I was always aiming for, like for perfection, basically. 
So just, yeah, I mean, ignoring those bad words, um, focusing on yourself and just continue moving forward every day, even if it's just a little step, whether it's just reading a couple pages from a textbook or writing half of an essay, I feel like it always counts. And these skills, like moving forward little by little, they also transfer into life later on. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And super important to hear, especially since there's always so much negativity going on in the world, especially right now. Um, And there's always going to be people who get in your head like that and like really kind of get to you. So I feel like that's really important to remember, especially when you're 15 is a very impressionable age where words like that can really, really dig in there really deep. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like when you're young, there are so many things that affect you. And I feel like for me, let's say when it comes to tennis, I may not have been the best player out there, but that didn't mean that I cannot get a scholarship in the U.S. So I feel like I kind of needed my coach or my mom to keep reminding me that, you know, you can still do this. You can achieve it. It's possible. So it's just a lot about believing in what you can do and just working for it. But at the same time, I would also say um, if you're a 15-year-old, don't stress out too much if something small doesn't work out because you're still young and there's, you know, a lot of things ahead in life. So little thing does not mean a failure, basically. Exactly. I think that's, that's really important to hear, too. Um, one of the, so we, we always ask this kind of final question, um, and it is, do you have any favorite motivational quotes that you want to share? Yeah. So one of my favorite ones is I would say dreams don't work unless you do. And, uh, another one is, um, the only way or the best way to get ahead is to get started. So again, it's, not, not about procrastinating, just starting to move forward. And yeah, just like I said before, I feel like no matter whether it is school or work or hobbies, if you want to reach a certain level of your better self, you need to put an effort because nothing just comes out of nowhere. Maybe sometimes if people get lucky, but in most cases, it takes a lot of work and people don't always see all the hard work behind yeah, I mean, even if just thinking about like you know the job, all the job applications and not giving up on the, on um, that kind of job hunt, even then that's a, a great example of just keep working hard for something because yeah it'll happen eventually. Yeah, that's exactly what I think is that it will happen eventually. It may take you a year to get somewhere that you want or 10 years or maybe one semester. But I feel like if you really, really keep chasing it, then at some point it should happen. And as I mentioned before with school um, or work, um, it's important to seek help. So if you feel like you're stuck at a certain point and you just can't figure out how to do better or how to learn something, there's always different resources available out there. And I feel like it's very important, both in school and in the job market, just being proactive, going out there, asking questions, seeking guidance from people that have been in your shoes before, 
So that personally helped me a lot, especially with my job, just showing that, you know, you care, you're curious, you want to learn. And that way people can help you figure out your way. Yeah, that's great. I think that, I mean, all of this is really, really helpful, especially for those students. Like everything you've shared today has been, I think, important information that people may not really think about a lot when they're entering their uh, final year because they're always excited, like, yay, it's our final year. And then it's like, you get to graduation and you're like, what do I do now? And you haven't really, I I don't think, I think sometimes people don't think about that preparation aspect. So I think a lot of what you've said today has, is really, um, it's really going to help people, I think. I hope so. I'm always glad to help whether it comes to, you know, life or tennis or travel. I love talking to people, sharing my experiences. So if anyone wants to personally talk with me, you can just reach me on Instagram. It's at Lithuanian Worldwide and I'd be happy to talk about anything you're interested in. We will put uh, your Instagram handle in the episode description as well so people Mm -hmm. um, can find you easier. Uh, Just before, do you have any last final insights that you want to share just quickly before we sign off or? Um, I would just say what I just mentioned that, you know, if there's anything that people want to talk to me personally about or check out the blog, ask about school tips or maybe get a referral in my company, which is consulting firm, um, just feel free to reach out and I'm always happy to talk. Amazing. Well, we really, really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to talk to us today and to share all this really helpful information. I think it's going to Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you for arranging this with me. No problem. It was nice to meet you as well. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, thank I hope you. you have a great rest of your day and stay healthy with these crazy times. You too. Stay safe, definitely. Thank you. Bye. So Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and you can catch me again in future episodes of the Student Influencers series as we talk to more inspiring students and hear their stories. Listen in to previous episodes, get tips and advice on studying, writing, and learning English, and so much more right here on the Homework Help Show Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Homework Help Global on Twitter at Homework Help Inc., on Facebook at Homework Help Global, or on LinkedIn at Homework Help International.